Today, I'm excited to be chatting with Daryl Strawberry. This baseball legend will share how God truly transformed his life. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by FastTranscripts.com. Now, as a homeschooling mom for 25 years, one of the things I was most worried about was transcripts. After all, I knew my kids needed them for college. Yikes! For many homeschoolers, creating a high school transcript can be a daunting task. Fast Transcripts makes the entire process easy. Just go to their website, enter a few details, and you're done. Their software catches 700 common mistakes and practically does the work for you. You can also e-file your transcript directly to any college or university. Go to FastTranscripts.com for a free trial and see why 20,000 homeschool moms love and trust Fast Transcripts. I also want to thank Pray Every Day for also being a sponsor. This is an amazing podcast from my friend, Mary DeMuth. Mary walks listeners through the Bible verse by verse. I can't tell you the number of times Mary's prayers have been exactly what I needed for that day. Praying for others has been one of Mary's greatest joys, and you can tell. You can find Pray Every Day on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your Alexa device, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now, let's dive into this chat with the one and only Daryl Strawberry. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, Mom of 10, yes, 10 homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, welcome to Walk It Out. And I have a wonderful guest today. Now, growing up, I grew up with one brother. And my stepdad and my brother were all about sports. Anytime the TV was on, there was a football game, a baseball game. And this was in the 80s. I graduated in 89. So the name Daryl Strawberry was one I heard often. And when I had the opportunity to interview him, first of all, I thought, okay, now my brother will finally listen to my podcast. But I want to tell you a little bit about today's guest. I'm sure you're familiar with the name too. Daryl Strawberry is a baseball legend. He has accomplished many things, including four World Series titles, eight All-Star Game appearances, and a nomination to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2004. But we're going to be talking about his relationship with God and the wonderful transfer information that God has done in his new book, Turn Your Season Around. So welcome, Daryl. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, you know, it's so great to talk to you. And like I said, I grew up around baseball, hearing your name often. And I was so excited that yesterday I got on Facebook and told everyone, hey, I'm going to be interviewing Daryl Strawberry. And I had someone reach out to me with a very special story. So I'm going to mention this real quick. Um, So Jonathan Merck from Simon & Schuster said that he has an amazing story about how you were able to help his brother, um, Danny. And he says, Daryl is the humblest man. He will never, um, you know, talk about this, but, but you were able to help his brother, um, by getting him into a rehab facility and his brother ended up recommitting his life to Christ and getting sober. And he passed away six months after he had got out of rehab just because of the, the, the hardness of his the addictions on his body for so many years. But Jonathan said he passed away clean and with hope in eternity. So that was such an amazing story. That is a great story. And, you know, I love Jonathan and, and I love his brother. And, you know, Jonathan had reached out to me about his brother having some problems. And I, I had a treatment facility down in Orlando and I brought his brother into the treatment facility for free because I just wanted him to get well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in real um, tough, tough shape and addiction, just like I was. And that's what you do. You help people. You don't make it about you. You make it about, you know, what God has done in your life and you give it back and you go back and you help somebody else and, you know, help them find their road to their destiny and, and their freedom. And, and I was just so happy that his brother, found himself. He, he was so thankful because he had tried for so many times and that was the magical time for him. It, it happened and he got sober. And of course, like you said, Danny passed away after six months and, you know, my heart was broken after hearing that, but I was, I was so grateful that he really got his life back on track and transformed to before God accepting him in his loving arms. Yeah. And, you know, I know, Daryl, that, I mean, everyone knows your name and the ties to baseball, but, you know, reading through your book, I mean, what you're able to do by sharing the hope of Christ and stories like Danny's, I think, I mean, you know, there's awards here on earth, but in eternity to be able to know that the impact that your story has um, is one that is just going to be there for eternity. And I bet there was a time in your life you never thought that that would be possible when you were still enchained to those addictions. Yo, you can't, you don't think anything is possible when you're chained to addiction like that and has the grips of your life. And, you know, it's the brokenness of who we are as people. And, you know, everybody has issues. Everybody's going to fall short that comes, come here. And no one gets away with it. No one's perfect. Jesus was the only perfect one. All the rest of us are sinners who will fall short, will need God's grace, will need God's mercy. And when he gives that to you, you understand that clearly it's not about you. He gives that to you for a reason so you can go back and give it to somebody else. I think our society of people are are so much, you know, self-centeredness and, and people, they don't really understand God and they really won't follow his ways. His ways are far greater than ours. And his road of life is the best road to uh, everlasting life. And I I think so many people will miss out on that because they made a choice to choose for earthly things. And that's the sadness that I have in my heart for so many uh, that one day they will be left behind and be left out of Christ's plan, you know, when God returns. And it's unfortunate, but we make our own choice, you know, just like I made my own choice when I was out there living a fast life and living a heathen life, sinner life and uh, uh, with addiction and everything. And, being privileged and 
playing major league, major league baseball for 17 years and, you know, really thinking that you have everything, but at, at the end reality, you don't have everything. You just accumulate a bunch of stuff and accumulate a bunch of fame and fortune. But at the end of your life, you have nothing because you don't have Jesus as Lord over your life. Yeah. And these are conversations I have with my teenagers all the time. My husband and I have three biological kids and then we've adopted seven kids. So we have four teenagers in the house and little kids and adult kids. But all these conversations, I see these, um, especially the teens, my teens wanting like, oh, I want to be famous. I want this. I want these nice things. I want a mansion. I'm going to marry someone that's going to buy me all these things. And just talking about, you know, all the things that the world offers still leaves us empty inside. And we talk about, you know, whether it's famous baseball players or movie stars, they are still going to bed with that pain that can only be filled with Christ. And I know that was your story. Um, you know, you had it all in the eyes of the world. You did have the fame and the the wonderful talent, but talk about that emptiness inside and how you finally, you know, decided that Christ was the answer. Yeah, it's uh, a really empty hole on the inside of all of us in the shape for a reason uh, and only God can feel that and like you said so many people talk about I want to have this I want to have that and once you get all that it, at the end of the day it doesn't really mean anything because you just you know you look around and say okay what's next because you're still trying to fill that empty void on the inside and, and so many of us will go through that in our lifetime and so many of us will live our entire life that way chasing after the success and and the happiness and, and stuff and, and and it's never going to be there that's why we need more attention you know mm-hmm. more tv more you know social media and outlets we people need all that stuff to you know to bring affirmation to themselves to make themselves feel better and at the end of the day it, it didn't make me feel better you know i i accumulated a a, a great deal of stuff and fame and fortune playing Major League Baseball success, but also at the same time was broken and empty on the inside. And, you know, I love I love King Solomon, you know, when I read the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is where people don't know the Bible, and the Bible talks about my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And so many mm-hmm. people don't know the Bible. They just know about these earthly things, where I'm this and I'm that. But King Solomon was the richest, wisest man in the land of uh, of Jerusalem, and no one would be ever richer than he was. He had everything. He had more than any billionaire or millionaire would ever achieve from an earthly standpoint we live in. And if they realize that he was the king and of, of Israel, and he goes on to say, it's meaningless under the sun without God. I've had all this stuff. I've had all these wives. Uh, I built all this stuff. And guess what? I'm still empty on the inside because I walked away from God because he went, he wrote the book of Proverbs first, which is great wisdom and knowledge. And then he goes back and write the book of how you, the book of Ecclesiastes, how you can hear the sorrow inside of him mm-hmm. saying, you know, it all means nothing is vanity, vanity, you know, and, and really that's really what it is. It is that empty shape that he talks about, on the inside of every last one of us will go through that only God can fill that place of emptiness and bring such great joy and peace and understanding. It has nothing to do with success, trophies, uh, money. It has to do with God's peace that surpasses all understanding. And that that was something that I was always searching for. You know, I, like I said, I played ball and I had a life, but I still was always searching. Who am I? What am I? What's the purpose of all this? Why? You know, because one day baseball is going to be over. Then where are you going to be? Who are you going to be? And that's where you see so many athletes that, that 
when they retire, they still stay in the business of television and talking about the game because they can't get away from it. And I just didn't want to be that person. Nothing wrong with that. But that 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 person, I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be sitting in a, in a in a booth talking about the baseball game and analyzing the baseball game because I had played it for 17 years. I knew God had created me for something far greater than just putting on the baseball uniform. Putting on the baseball uniform just made me a baseball player. It did not yeah. make me a man. You know, I, I didn't become a man until I met Jesus. That's when I learned how to live and learned that I didn't have to live in a sinful way and practice sin like I was. I, you know, I'm a sinner, but I no longer practice the sin that I was living. Yeah. And I love in your book, um, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transformed Your Life. It, it's in innings. So you have the nine innings there and, yeah. you know, it's talking about receiving God's grace, redefining your identity and renewing your mind. Because even after you realize, like, I need God, it took a while for you to, you know, really see the transformation in your life. I think so many times we think we can, like, still believe in God, but, like, do our own thing. And you talk about that. You know, you can't have two people sitting on the in the you know, the king's throne at the same time. So maybe there's someone out there that says, yes, I believe in God, but I don't know. It's so hard just fully giving my life over to him. What encouragement would you have for that person? Well, it's not all about just believing in God. It's about Mm -hmm. learning who God is and, and following the principles. And the principles are so simple, but for very complicated people, which we are. Um, because we like to live in the flesh and we see everything in the flesh and we do everything in the flesh. So we normally allow that to rule and reign over our life instead of letting God commandments rule and reign over our life. And it's not until you come to a place of surrendering. First, you have to be persistent to go after him. And then you have to surrender yourself to him. And what do I mean? Surrender to yourself. That means you have to die just like Christ did hung on the cross and shed his blood on Calvary, you know, for sinners like us and went to the tomb and early Sunday morning, he got up and he was resurrected with all power. So that means we have to die too. That's the Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. See, Christ has to live in you and he has to rule and reign over you so you could be able to have victory over all this stuff. You know, this book is not about me. This book is about a man that I met named Jesus, mm-hmm. what he did to me and how he became the Messiah of my life, the ruler of my life. And when you allow him to become that over your life, then you know how to walk. Then you know why you're here. And most of us will never reach that place until we make that commitment. And I find so many people saying, well, how did you find Jesus? Well, Jesus has never been lost. Yeah. I was lost. You're lost, whatever it may be. But he's not lost. When you understand that he's not lost and he's there, he's waiting on you, then you need to learn how to come and commit to him and enter in with him and learn to lay with him and learn to live according to the biblical principles. Why do people fear the fact of following God? I think one of the reasons is, is because that means you're going to have to change. Mm hmm. And most people don't want to change. And the greatest change came about my life when I started following the biblical principles. It taught me about what a man lives like, taught me how to live under the conditions of accepting whatever God has for you and not all these worldly things that we want to chase 
and accumulate. So um, I was very excited about writing the book once I got into it, because at first I didn't want to write another book. I've been there and done that, you know, that story. So um, I just decided, well, my wife kept pushing me into writing it, and Zondervan came along, and then I met my writer, Lee. Then I said, God, if you want me to write it, Holy Spirit, give me a title. Holy Spirit gave me a title. Turn your season around. Little did I know we'd be in a pandemic, and coming out of a pandemic with a new book called Turn Your Season Around, How God Transformed Your Life. God is going to have to transform all our lives after this season that we have faced and been through and, and we're still in it and we're still trying to climb uphill. He's going to have to turn our season around. We're going to have to believe far greater than what the television is telling us, what social media is saying. Pick up your Bible and read it for yourself. The revelation and the blueprint is there and God is willing to give it to you. And you know, the thing about it is it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most people won't even accept it. They they will go pay to see a psychiatrist or a therapist to try to figure out what's wrong. Pick up that Bible. I mean, I tried to do the same thing, pay for every lawyer, psychiatrist, therapist to tell me what was wrong with me. I don't even know what took me so long. When I picked up that Bible, God showed me everything about me, what was wrong. Guess what was wrong with me? I was living a life separated from God, a sinful life. Just call it like it is. The wages of sin is death and people live in it. They don't care. So guess what? You get what you're supposed to get from sin. You know, I understand that it's, people hate to talk about it, but it is what keeps us separated from God. Yeah. And I love your description of sin, which is self-indulgence now. And my husband always tells my kids, um, sin is like credit, buy now and pay later. <laughs> and I love your definition too, self-indulgence now, because that's what we're doing. We're indulging ourselves, but it does leave us destructive. And I know you found yourself the lowest of low when you were you know, indulging yourself, thinking that you're going to bring pleasure to yourself, but it really just brought you down. We try to satisfy ourselves in the flesh. Like I said, and it wasn't until I started operating, entering into the spiritual part, I, I understood why now I understood why I was uh, so down, you know, because, you know, I, the self-indulgent sin, you, you live in it. You just you you like it. You It becomes who you are. And it's because that's what it was created for by the enemy to make you like it and, and, and taste his instead of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Because we don't understand. I always tell people all the time, I said, you can pick your sins. You can pick your sins, but you cannot pick your consequences mm. because they are coming. You know, and that's the reality of who God is. And people wonder, well, why do God punish you? Well, you're lucky he don't destroy you. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather be I'd rather have the punishment of God, the you know, the the, the public humility that I had to go through. I'd rather have that from God instead of being destroyed. Because when I think about it, I should have been really destroyed, you know, after drug addiction, ended up in the Florida State Prison with a T17169, ended up with cancer twice and losing my left kidney. And then God goes and saved me and pulled me out of a pit and put me into a poor pit, which I'm not qualified, to preach the gospel 250 times out of a year traveling. That is God himself. He's the miracle maker and working miracles behind the scene for his people, those that eventually come to him and and say, yes, you can't you can't straddle the fence with God. So the, the, here's, the listeners need to hear this about you can't straddle the fence with God because you'll never be equipped by God until you fully enter in with God. And I think so many people and so many famous people and athletes like myself will straddle the fence and we say Jesus, but we just know his name, but we don't know his power. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the book, you talk about faith 
and about, about your faith remains weak unless it's exercised. And you talk about just like we exercise our muscles and they become stronger. I mean, faith is believing that God will guide us. He will provide. He will direct us. He will protect us. And I think that's such an important thing because as an athlete, you know, you had to work on your strength to be able to perform. And our faith is the same way. We have to step out and believe God and believe God will be there. Um, and I think definitely we're talking in this pandemic. I think it's a time to really, we can turn to God. We can strengthen our faith. Um, and we need to strengthen our faith because there's so many hard things that we're going through. Yes. And this has been a great time to be able to exercise your faith, you know, and strengthen your faith more than anything during this time. I mean, I got strong in the midst of the pandemic. I know a lot of people got weak and worried and wearied and I got got strong. I I started getting up every day and turning my worship music on, worshiping God and entering in, praise God and just thanking for his grace, thanking him for his mercy, thanking him for, you know, just allowing you to wake up and 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 have another opportunity to serve him and do his will. And, and I think a lot of people, they will go to the gym and work out and look at themselves in the mirror and look at their arms and their bodies and their physique. But they, you know what they're looking at? They're looking at the outside. They're not looking at the inside. And that's where most people don't never work on. And during this time, you know, I was able to spend more time home and work work more on my inside. It's something far it's something far greater that comes along when you're working on your inside spiritually than you are physically. And, you know, because the physical point, yes, I had to use that to play sports and what does it do? It makes you stay healthy and everything else. But the same thing with the word of God, when you're eating the word of God and putting it down inside of you, it helps you stay healthy. And then it continues to give you a great appetite, just like it is anything else. It will give you the best appetite that you will ever have a desire to know or eat or taste or whatever it is that you're looking for, because it's far greater than you can ever imagine. I could never imagine how good God was until I actually committed to him. Yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, it's not just, okay, one and done. Okay, I accept Christ and we're, we're good to go from here on out. But there is going to be temptations that come up and we need to, you know, fill our mind with God's word. He will strengthen us. But I know one of the things that you talk about is your sacrifice during the Celebrity Apprentice, um, where there was temptations and you could just say, oh, well, I'm, I'm good now. We're good. But talk about that and how we need to be careful against temptations. Yeah, you have to be extremely careful uh, about temptation. And I realized that my wife didn't want me to go on the show because she had saw what it was about. And I said I was going to go because, you know, I knew uh, President Trump before he was a president. So, yeah. uh, and of course, you know, I knew some of his, his close friends. I mean, I have some real close friends that work for him. So I knew them. And so they convinced me to go on the show. So I go on the show and then I get on the show and I liked it from the beginning. And it was fun, you know, waking up at, okay, of course, at five o'clock in the morning. And I remember one morning we were waiting downstairs for Brett Michaels. I was like, who, who the heck is Brett Michaels? And they was like, Oh, you know, he's a rock star. I said, well, he's probably just getting in. And, um, you know, we're waiting for him. He comes down, he comes down, look up cowboy hat on. And there it goes. And we off to do our thing. And I just remember the show of, it was a window of opportunity that I, once I got going in the show, I did a couple of uh, projects and we did good. And, and we won a couple of projects, made a lot of money and stuff like that. And it was all for charity and it was good. And, and, but, but, but behind the scenes was a little crazy, you know, people were mm-hmm. like going at each other, you know, and, and the name calling and the language and behind the scenes was a lot of drinking, you know, and I'm not condemning anybody. That's what, 
you know, what it was all about. You know, I just was at a different place at that time in my life. And we lost the task. And Michael Johnson was the project manager. And, and, and nobody wanted to take responsibility for us losing. And he said, who shall I let go? And I just spoke up. I said, why don't you let me go? He goes, why are you? jumping in. It has nothing to do with you, Daryl. Everybody loves you on the show. I says, I know, but I think, you know, you know, we lost, we lost the task. You know, somebody's got to go. I said, why don't you fire me? And then he kept going back around, around the table. Then he eventually said, you want to go? I said, he said, he said, I don't, he said, I don't want you to go, but do you want to go? I said, yeah. He said, are you tired? I said, yes. But that was the window hmm. of opportunity for me to get out you know, without compromising and without compromising my faith and, and, and going across the lines. Cause you can easily get back involved and go across the line. If you in the wrong places with people and having the wrong conversations. Yeah. And really, I mean, you know, you walking away from that temptation, um, showed your strength, you know, showed your strength that you're, you need to depend on God and that you don't need those things anymore. It showed my strength in the direction I was headed in my yes. walk. You know, my walk was real. I was not going to compromise my faith anymore. I, I realized that I had done that many times before uh, because I didn't have the revelation down inside of me. But that time I had the revelation down inside of me about Christ. And I didn't know at the time that God would be still waiting on me to use me like he would come to use me years later. And which he did because I kept going forward and kept pursuing him. And then it just became an incredible journey with him. And he just transformed me and changed me into a whole different person. And, you know, it's incredible what he will do with you once you meet him. Yeah. Well, let's talk about reconciliation in relationships. And I know listeners, I mean, maybe they're struggling with an addiction or maybe they have a family member that's struggling with an addiction, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, Talk about some of the reconciliation that has happened in your life once you were able to turn everything over, including your life over to God. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was with my father, because my father was alcoholic and my home was dysfunctional when I was growing up as a kid and he came home for the last time when I was 14 in another drunken night and, you know, put out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. And had it not been for my mother getting me and my brothers out of the house, we would have killed him. So it should have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put a baseball uniform on. And I always say my pain led me to my greatness and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. Uh, because if you're not well on the inside, it's going to eventually catch up to you and play out. So, there was my life get gets changed over the years and I find God and, and I start living a different life. And there I am ready to do a men's conference out in California and on a Saturday morning and Friday night, God speaks to me about going to see my father down in the hospital in San Diego. Cause my brother told me he was down there and he was ill and God speaks to me on a Friday night to go sit, go see my father and don't talk about anything that he had did to me. Just go directly down to him. And I want you to repent to him, ask him to forgive you. Uh, you, you know, you asked him to forgive me for keeping him out of my life and my career. And I called my wife. I said, God is all over me. You need to pray mm-hmm. for me. And he's talking about go see my father. And she knew I, I hated my father. I had no relationship. It was just a broken relationship. And so I do exactly. She said, you need to do exactly what he's telling you to do. So I do exactly what he tells me to do. And I go down there and I see my father and I see him in the hospital. I say, how you doing? How you feeling? And I says, and we had a couple of words. And then I says, well, you know, God has changed my life. And, and he shook his head. And I says, and I just need to ask you something. I said, will you forgive me 
for keeping you out of my life and my career and everything and from the grandkids and everything. And he just uh, shook his head and said yes. And, and a tear came out of his eye and I just lost it. I just lost it. I just laid in his lap and I just lost it. I just mm-hmm. weak. And I would just cry. And I told him I was so sorry. And I said, I'm so sorry, God. And, you know, I just laid down. Then God said, raise up. And then I raised up and God says, now lead him in the center prayer. And I said, now the Lord has changed me. Would you like to accept him as Lord over your life? And would you want to say the center prayer after me? And he said, yes. And he said the center prayer. And then God said to me immediately, he said, don't ever make it about you because it's not about you. It's never about you. And then he made, then he reminded me that the forgiveness was not for my father. The forgiveness was for me. That's why I stayed broken for so many years. And so many people out there are so broken because they won't forgive somebody. And I'm telling you right now, when I forgave my father, the release that came from that, it was a miracle. I was free forever. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Like you said, I was free forever. See, the problem with us is we want to hold people hostage and the forgiveness is really not for them. It's usually for us, even though they've done us done wrong because God said two wrongs don't make a right. And then my father goes on and pass away a couple months later and go home and be with the Lord. And at least I can say I got a chance to rejoice about the fact that we got a chance to go through a healing process before he left here. Yeah. And it's just so amazing that, you know, it it takes humility and it takes, I mean, you had that, you know, hard heart against your father for the ways that he treated you. But you said, you know, that release when you were able to forgive. um, It's just amazing to know that you will see him someday in eternity and that all the pain and the heartache from the past will be forgotten. And you get to just rejoice with your father in heaven. Yes, it's it's incredible. It's incredible what people that are sitting and listening to this and a lot of people won't forgive somebody and you'll never get free. It, mm-hmm. it, it will always be there. You you could say I'm free and but you'll never you you'll never be released from that place because nobody else can release you from that place but God himself. And it, God released me from that place and I went on from there. And I was doing ministry, but I went on from there and God elevated me to a whole different place in ministry of preaching the gospel, you know, because I was I was free, you know, because God knows one thing when he decides to call you and use you He's got to set you free because if he doesn't set you free, you're going to have some struggles and some issues and you're going to still be carrying them. Even if I'm calling you to do ministry, you're going to still have some things to overcome. And I just just didn't want to have to overcome those things anymore. And I'm glad that God stopped me before he called me all the way into the ministry like he did. I was on my way, but he before he called me into the place where I'm at today and where he completely transformed me. And now I can see my eyes can see clear and understand the biblical principles and understand why Jesus is so good because he, his forgiveness is real. You know, it's not a game, you know, people don't give real forgiveness, but he gives it to us. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. I have two questions. So I asked my brother, Ronnie, which I think you have a brother, Ronnie, also. Um, But I asked my brother, Ronnie, um, what questions he would ask you. So one's a baseball question. And and like, he's such a fan. But so one's a baseball question and one's a spiritual question. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, his baseball question was, um, what pitcher did you hate facing the the most? Well, the pitcher I hate, hated facing the most was Nolan Ryan. You know, he was the old school type of guy. And 
and he just kind of looked at you when he was on the mound and he just really looked at you like get in the box if you don't get in the box you know and don't dig in um he would like throw one under your chin you know he'll knock you down so because he's from the old school he won't just let you get away just uh playing around up there in the box and thinking you own the play so he was the guy i hated facing the most Oh, that's so good. Okay. So the spiritual question that my brother wanted me to ask you was, what would you say to someone that maybe hasn't even given much thought to God? What would you tell them? I would say we try everything else from a natural standpoint. Why don't you try God and see how supernatural he really is? Because we, we try everything. We try everything to improve ourselves physically, emotionally, and all these other ways. Give God a try and watch how he improved every part that you think you could you could never overcome, but he helps you overcome. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay, the book again is um, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. And this is a wonderful book. Um, If you know someone who's a sports fan, like Daryl said, it's not just about his story. There's little bits and pieces, but this book is about Jesus and about the relationship with Jesus and about faith and how faith can transform you. So it's a wonderful book to put in someone's hands. Um, But thank you, Daryl, so much for being here, for sharing your story and just for stepping out and doing all that God has asked you to do. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. I just love talking to Daryl Strawberry and just hearing just the joy in his voice as he shares about all God's done for him. You know, I mentioned um, how, you know, he's such a famous um, baseball star in the time that of his highest contract. It was the second most well-paid baseball player in history. Um, He is truly one that can say, I've had it all. I've done it all with the money and the houses and the fame. And to see him and hear him say, but all of it is nothing compared to my relationship with God. And to know that money and fame led him to the hard places, but it was God who lifted him up and gave him so much more. I know Daryl served time in prison. Like he mentioned, he was um, personally humiliated of in, you know, cocaine addiction and um, all the, all the things he was going through, but now he can really point people to God and he, he knows um, what it was like to be the highest of highs as a a baseball player, the lowest of lows as an addict. And now to say, I have God, I have Christ. And that matters more than anything else. So um, the walk it out verse of today is Proverbs 16, eight and nine. And this is the NIV version. It says better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And um, I think that verse fits so well with Daryl's story about it's better to have a little bit and have the righteousness, the faith of with God and have trust in God than all the gain of the world has to offer us without God. Um, and then we have our ideas of our course of where we want to be. And he was truly at the top and then realizing that the Lord will establish his steps and he's able to turn his life over to the Lord. He loves traveling with his wonderful wife, Tracy, and sharing the gospel and speaking and ministering online. I did want to mention 
you can go to online um, to Strawberry Ministries and Daryl Strawberry. Go to his website and there's lots of information. There's daily devotions and you can hear more about what they are doing in their ministry, which is just a wonderful thing. But let me pray for all of us. Um, Lord, first of all, I just thank you so much for Daryl Strawberry. I thank you that you have completely transformed his life and that you um, saved him from his own self-destruction. And I know, like Daryl, so many of us are in pursuit of things that will make us happy and things that we think will bring us pleasure, but those things only lead to pain. Um, And Daryl is evidence of that. Lord, I pray that you will be with Daryl and his family and his wife as they continue to minister and to share your good news with others. I um, pray that his story will get to many who need to hear it, many who are addicted and may may think there is no hope that he will, um, his story will just touch them, touch their hearts. And like Daryl says, what what can you lose? Turn to Christ. He can give you everything. It's free. Um, I pray that many people will turn to Christ hearing Daryl's story. And Lord, um, I know there are some that may be struggling with some type of addictions who are listening, or there may be others who have family members. And most of all, um, like my friend Jonathan told me, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. And um, just like Danny was able to find hope in Christ and um, Daryl's dad was able to find hope in Christ. It may seem like those that we love um, are going to be lost to us forever, but Lord, we just pray and we turn over hope. You've told me before, Lord, um, answered prayers aren't always quick fixes. And I pray for answered prayers for everyone listening, for their loved ones, that we won't just hope for only quick fixes, but we will trust that you have our loved ones in your hands. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I am so thankful to be able to talk to amazing people and to hear their stories. And I wanted to let you know that you can get um, this podcast. You continue to get on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on Audible, on Amazon.com. Just put Trisha Goyer, Walk It Out Podcast, and then share it with your friends. If you have a friend or a family member who is struggling with addiction, send them a link to this podcast. Or if you have a friend or know someone who is praying, praying, praying for their family member, again, point them to this podcast. We all need to remember that hope can be found in God. We can trust God. Continue to pray and not give up. I pray, friend, for you, that you will have um, an encouraging week, that you will just remember, like Daryl says, that you know Christ is there for us. What do you have to lose? <laughs> Turn to Him. Turn to Him with whatever you're struggling with today. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.